Hi, I'm Liz Stokel. And I'm Debbie Rude. We're Dancing with Skeletons. We know what it's like to keep our past hidden away, like skeletons in a closet. We also know the healing that comes from acknowledging who we used to be and how much we've learned. So every once in a while, we dance with our skeletons. So come dance with us. Hey, baby girl. How's it going? Hey, mama. Hey. Every week we have a new intro. <laughs> oh, wait. Here, plug this in real oh, quick. Oh, yeah. So I can okay. get some beautiful See? light. So we're, yeah, we're already just winging it, people. Are we recording? Yeah, we are. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. There. See, now, now the light is there. Yeah. Now we can actually do it because I can see you now. <laughs> hey, Deb. Hi, Liz. Oh, my gosh. Okay, this is weird. This is crazy, but hi. There's a lot going on. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Where do you want to start today? Okay, well, I have something very, very personal and intimate to talk to you about. Okay. But before that, okay, we will have to do an update on your friend Kelly, mm-hmm. um, who we interviewed a few months ago, which was a delightful conversation yeah. with her. Yeah. Um, and so without telling me too much, mm-hmm. because we have to have her back. We're going to have her back. You did have a visit with her this past weekend, and things are going well for her. Things are going very well for her. Good. She is the happiest that I've seen her in many, many, many years. Oh, good. So um, she does have a friend. <laughs> And so, in fact, I believe she is with him now. Nice. So, um, so things are moving forward. Nice. And she's she's just really kind of over the moon. Oh. And so, um, you know what? Isn't that just um, doesn't that just bring a lot of hope? It for really, kind of, you know, life. It really does. Because she's your age. Yes. So she's almost sixty. She and is. Just she's she's have... a little bit older than me. Oh, so she's already 60. No, she'll be oh. 60 um, in January. Oh, okay, so she's just four months older <laughs> yeah. than you. Um, but to, it's so hopeful to see people who yeah. are finding other loves and mm-hmm. opportunities mm-hmm. and growth. Yeah, yeah. Know? She's, and, you know, without you know, going into too much of her story, she's, she has, um, what do I want to say? I don't think that grown is the right word because that makes it sound like she wasn't already grown, you know, but but her mindset has expanded, I'll say. And she's, she's just becoming more open to things. And I see that in just how playful she is and, and the things that she's open to trying. She came to hot yoga with me oh. and she just, she just wanted to you try also it. hung out with my daughter at hot yoga or I cold d- yoga or I, something. I ran into your daughter. Yeah. I would have, yeah. I wouldn't have known her. Yeah. And, and so that was really fun. Did um, she say something to you? She said something to me. Okay. She was, okay. Are, are you Debbie Root? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And then, so that was. That and you're was thinking, cool. you've heard me sing a thousand times. Yes. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm a Liz's daughter. I'm a Fresno. And, um, and she's like, no, 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 I'm Liz's daughter. Oh, oh, it's just. No, no, no. It wasn't like that at all. And I was like, I've been to your house. Exactly. I've been in your pool. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You were. Yeah. So um, I actually, last night, uh, 
hung out with a woman who I've met before a couple times, um, who's interested in what your uh, daughter does. She's daughter, a death doula. Yeah, and yeah. so that was an interesting conversation, and that that's a whole other uh, podcast, I think. Yeah, we should have my daughter come I, in I think and so. talk about mm-hmm. death, being I, a death doula, and mm-hmm. you work in hospice. Yeah, yeah we should actually. That, that would be a really great topic. So Absolutely. Um, but yeah, my friend Kelly is, is just, she's really doing doing well so um what's the song something about second time around or whatever you know there's a there's some old standard that love is not better oh, but sweeter 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 the second time around something like that yeah well i've been humming uh, do you remember um cuz today's september 21st do you remember the 21st night of september, september. That's right. <laughs> Choir was singing that song. We were. Before we shut down. Before we shut down. Again. Wah, wah. Yeah. 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 Things are getting, are exploding and getting a little bit out of control. Yeah, they really yeah. are. It's very sad. It's so, very sad and very hard. Yeah. Our beloved choir had to basically just cancel through the rest of the year here. So um, on a good note, I mean, if there's anything good about that, which right. there isn't really, but in making lemonade out of lemons. Yeah. Um, my sister, and I think we talked about that. Yes, so she's moving back to town. She's moving back to town. So um, so I'll just have a little more time to get to spend with her. Now, is there a date when she's coming? Well, yes. They're, okay. They'll be here the first week of October. Okay. They'll be here for about 10 days. They're having um, one of their pods moved. So they'll be in their home. They found a house. Good. So they'll be in there. And they'll be here for 10 days, and then they're going to fly back because they'll still have to pack up their apartment. Oh, wow. And so they'll pack up that apartment, and they'll kind of, that they'll send that out, and then they'll drive. Okay. Because they have a car, so they need to drive their car back yeah. to California. So I would say that by probably the first week of November, they'll have completed all of that transition and they'll be here. Nice. So, um, but October, I think it's like the 5th. Yeah. They'll actually be here. Oh, how lovely for you. Yeah. That's so great. John said to her this morning, I'm never going to see Debbie again. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you know, well, that's probably not true, but. Yeah, I, I'm sure that we'll be together a lot. That's so. great. <clears throat> that's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, I do have one sister that's here, but she's you know she has a very very young family. Yeah, and we've been um, you know protecting them from COVID and all yeah. that, so we don't see each other too much, even though she's close by. And then yeah. my other two sisters you know, are in other states. So. Yeah, yeah. Our families are family is a good thing. So now I'm feeling very excited about all that. So. Um, Anyway, yeah, there's lots going on, Liz. It just feels like, I feel like I personally have like about six plates that I'm spinning. We're having a big anniversary party thing on Sunday. And uh, so I have a lot of still, a lot of work to still do on that and um, just a lot of things. I have a guy working at my house and (laughs) got to deal with him. And 
I've started a rehearsal for a show. That's right. You're you're so in I'm a in show. rehearsals, and so that's exciting. It's I nice can't to wait. be back in it. Yeah, it's nice to be back in that little you know uh, mode of rehearsing mm-hmm. and, and are, is learning it going lines. Um, my brain is a little foggy and not quite as quick (laughs) to memorize as it used to be. Um, So luckily, I don't have to memorize every single line in this show. I know, because you've got Um, your little... Because I've got my script, and it's a a radio drama, so it's as if we're... I love that. um, Yeah, it's as if we're, you know, reading live for a radio show. So I don't have to memorize Mm -hmm. word for word, but I I definitely need to be, um, you know, pretty close to memorization. And it's still a couple of months away, so I I will definitely get there. But it's it's a little bit difficult to, you know, say, oh my gosh, I just read this three times. How come it's not sticking? (laughs) Right. Maybe John and myself and your husband should go to opening night. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be great. Would. And then come to my house for hors d'oeuvres. Yes, and, afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We actually went and saw the sh- uh, show at Second Space. Adam's Family. Uh, oh, no. Barefoot, uh, in, barefoot in the Park, park is and playing. We, and yeah. we saw, you know, Emily, yeah. who works in here, It has the lead. Yeah. And she was just adorable. That's awesome. She is, she's adorable anyway, yeah. but she just was so, That's so a great. part. It, it is, and it yeah. was a really, really sweet show. So. Oh, good. If you're in Fresno and you're listening to this, go support local live theater. It's just such a wonderful, wonderful gift. Yeah, Barefoot in the Park plays for just a little bit longer, actually, just uh, the first week of October. And Adam's Family just just opened, opened, which will be fun as well to see Adam's Family. Yeah, 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 my husband and I have to get in to see that. And, of course, theater is coming back. I spent this weekend watching Come From Away. Oh. And cried. I need to watch that. The song started. I, need I to watch it. oh my gosh, I cried. And my husband has listened to a couple of the songs from the soundtrack, mm-hmm. but not as much as I have. Mm-hmm. I've listened to it multiple times. Um, so he was not as intimate with the yeah. with the songs and the script as I was. But boy, did he love it. Oh, I can't wait to loved watch. it. So did you watch it on? On it's, on, it's on Apple TV okay. is where it's playing. Yeah. Oh, okay. So come from away. If you want to be encouraged um, about how people can, and I, I, I do a capital C-A-N, how people can care for one another, mm-hmm. watch Come From Away. It's beautiful and it's inspiring mm-hmm. and it'll and remind it's, you. And it's, and it's true. true. It's a true story. It's a true I mean, story, which is even better. Yeah. And it'll remind you of times, uh, specifically 9-11, but it'll remind you of times when we came together as a nation, as mm-hmm. opposed to fighting one another, which it seems like there's so what much a, of right now. What a concept. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, what a contrast, which that would be what true a as concept. well. <laughs> yeah, huh. yeah, so that's what, yeah. So I've spent a lot of time just kind of contemplating where we have been mm-hmm. and where we are and mm-hmm. trying to figure out whether or not I have a place in getting us back back to a place of of really truly caring for one another mm-hmm. or maybe in the future caring for one another. Some people will say we've never really cared about one another, right, but right. I do think that we've been better at it mm-hmm. um, and than we are right now. I think so too. And I, I want to be there again. Yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah. 
Well, so today we're going to delve into a topic that um, has been in the news. It's been in the news. Um, it's personal, very, very intimate and personal to a lot of women mm-hmm. and and men too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I'm going to let you lead mm-hmm. um, because I just think that you should. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but yeah, um, we're going to talk about abortion a little bit. Yeah, and just some of the surrounding themes that go around that that surround that. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, tell us your thoughts, Liz. Well, you know, I have been very broken by some of the comments that I see on Facebook and social media, and when I see people say. You know, women who have abortions are murderers. I just want to leap through Mm -hmm. the screen and, you know, attack those people. Now that we have this new law in uh, Texas, Texas. which is very, very, very oppressive Mm -hmm. and goes back to a time when, you know, there's all the, the... People talk about abortion back back alley abortions and hangers and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know how much of that is true. I wasn't alive during that time or right. aware right. during that time. So I, I don't know how much of that is true um, or how many women mm-hmm. suffered at the hands of, quote, a back alley abortion. Right. But I do know that a, my mom would tell us stories about friends of hers who had illegal abortions and suffered quite a lot of physical pain and um, long-term effects from it. So I just wanted to talk about in 1981 or two, I had an abortion. And I was living in Memphis, Tennessee at the time. I was away from my family. I was dating a very sweet guy who was just good and kind and his family was great and um, I was 20 and he was 18 and I know a little bit of a younger man Mm -hmm. and he was responsible and he owned his own car and had a full-time job I mean there were things about him that I just thought gosh this is this is amazing that this guy is so on top of it and so together and stuff and I, I really liked him a lot I liked his family and I got pregnant. And I also, even though I really, really cared about him, I also was not sure that this was somebody I wanted to marry or that this family was a family that I wanted my children to call grandma and grandpa. I, I can't really put it into words now, 38 mm-hmm. years later, but at the time it was, these were feelings that I had. And it just so happened that a friend of mine introduced me to a guy at this same, like within a week, maybe two weeks of me finding out I was pregnant or, yeah, me find, days of me finding out. So I was were... very newly pregnant. Mm-hmm. And um, I met this guy who just almost immediately, it was like, I think this is the guy. I think this is, you know, the man I'm supposed to marry. And we spent time, you know, hanging out. And very early on... Uh, Two or three dates in, you know, I went out with him and I told him I was pregnant. And he told me that he wanted to be a minister. He wanted to be a youth minister specifically. And that if down the road people were to find out that we got married after I was pregnant, that would 
be detrimental to his ministry, okay. to our ministry. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I say nothing. No, it's okay. <laughs> okay. But I was, I bought into that. Yeah. yeah I, I, and I honestly, I may have done the same thing. Right. Because that's just where I was at, you know, during those and years. I wanted, I wanted to be a, 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 a good role model meeting this guy and hearing that he wanted to be a youth minister and he wanted me to walk beside him in this ministry was very, very appealing appealing <clears throat> and attractive. Mm-hmm. And he was cute and he was talented. And I felt like we had a future together as not only as a couple, but as leaders in our community right. and in our faith. Right. And so I got an abortion. And I told the other guy that I had had an abortion. I told him after the fact. Um, and Did he have feelings about that? Yeah. He, he threw his keys across a parking lot. Um, I'm sure that he was hurt. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very hurt. Mm-hmm. And not having a choice. His family was actually Catholic. Okay. And I know that they would have been devastated right. over that. Um, Catholics at the time were much more vocal about being anti-abortion mm-hmm. than Christians were. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know that in the late 1970s, the Southern Baptist Convention made public statements in their, you know, in their bylaws that abortion was something that they either weren't going to make a, a big deal or that they were going to support the woman's right to an abortion because of their very deep concern over women's health. And well, so that's interesting. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. And so even the Southern Baptist Convention was pro-choice, hmm. you know, for women. And here we are talking about Texas and right. this <clears throat> this very oppressive law and knowing that the Southern Baptist Convention is, I think, still in Texas, still, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, yeah, the yeah, home yeah. office is still in <clears throat> Texas. And, um, of course, the Southern Baptist Convention in so many ways has disappointed women in general. Well, isn't, isn't it true that um, it's only been, I'll say, like in the last 30 or so years that that particular issue has become the forefront of the Christian kind of, I'll say, dog, dogma and dog. coal. I mean, you know, yeah. it, it, it's, it's... Dogma is a great word for it. You know, it's yeah. it's that's been in the forefront, but only in the last, like, 30 years where, you know, how, however it happens that politics and religion become intertwined and enmeshed, and then it's almost like they can pick and choose you know, arbitrarily the issues that they want to make the agenda of the church. Right. And it has really nothing to do with what Jesus Christ said or, <clears throat> excuse me, how he acted or behaved or anything else. But it's this weird thing that humans have spun our little web around. Well, and Jesus himself never mentioned abortions. No. In the Old Testament, you can actually find directions on how to make up a a, a a drink to give to a woman who has gotten pregnant. 
And if you're a man who has had an affair Mm -hmm. with with a woman and she's gotten pregnant, you can make an elixir. There are directions in the Old Testament on how to make an elixir to give a woman an abortion. Wow. Right? That is something I did not know. Yeah. Well, it also says, and I think it's a scripture in the Old Testament, and and there was a belief that the the child isn't a child until it takes its first first breath of air. Well, and over and over again, Jesus calls the breath of life. Yeah, a life is called the you know the breath of life is referred to over and over again. Right, and Jesus himself never mentioned homosexuality or abortion. Right, and both were happening. Right. When right. he was alive, right, both, and yet for some reason, the the evangelical Christian Church, as as well as the Republican Party, has decided that if you to get involved in what should be personal between a woman and her doctor, or what should be personal between a woman and her girlfriend or a man mm-hmm. and his right. uh, uh, boyfriend or a man and his husband or a woman and her wife. Mm-hmm. And so what should go on in the bedroom between me and my husband, between you and your husband, is nobody's business. Right, right. And That's yet right. somehow the evangelical church and the Republican Party has decided that it that, is their business. Yeah, and that that is, in, you know, the, the, like the worst sin you could commit. Right, the second worst. Right, you know, but right. they they have they have decided that right. that it's they have somehow concocted out of whatever scriptures they want to pull and twist it into this little package of this is what you you know right you can't do this or whatever I I, I it's have, very and I have and, a hard time with it and abortion. It is a red herring. Yeah, it is. That that the Republican Party used in order to gather together Christians and Catholics because they knew that if they could get Christians and Catholics together to 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 come together as one big political Vote, force voting voting block block then they could beat yep. the Democrats. Yeah, that's, it, that's exactly right. And all of the rest of their agendas, their racist, uh, you know, homophobic um, phobic agendas mm-hmm. could, be, could be pushed through. Yeah. And it is shameful and it is um, disgusting. Mm-hmm. And I have gotten to the point where I am so angry so in the past few weeks, I've had some conversations with my kids that has broken my heart and my spirit. And one of the things that has happened is that my kids have conflated things that my husband and I told them or tried to teach them. Right. And things that they were learning at church. Oh, so it's okay. I understand. <laughs> and so my husband and I know that we have never tried to tell our children that women who had abortions were murderers, ever, because of my past and because my husband knew about it. Now, I will say that when my kids were 10, 11, 12 years old, I told them about my abortion. And the reason that I told them was because I have grieved 
Mm-hmm. I'm sure you have, as as many, many, many women have. I have grieved that child. When I was pregnant with my oldest son, um, I, at 16 weeks, almost lost him. And I believed that this was God's punishment for what I had done. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that now. Good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't believe that now. <laughs> yeah, good. But I did believe it then. And, and there are still people that have those kinds of, of beliefs out there. Right. And if you happen to be one listening, I, I, I humbly ask you to continue listening and to continue searching your heart and to can continue to listen to the voice of love because there's no condemnation. There's no condemnation. And even it doesn't, I mean, I believe that, I believe that Hitler and Charles Manson and all of these people are, all of these terrible, quote unquote, people are, um, are, are valuable in the eyes of God. And, and, and they may or may not be in heaven. I don't know about that, but I also know that they have value in the eyes of God. And if they, you know, the Bible says, if you confess your sins right. and are faithful, you right. know, that he will forgive you and that your sins, quote unquote, and again, I'm putting those in quotes because who am I to decide what a sin is, Right, is as far as from the east is from the west, they are thrown into the sea, never right. And that's to be talked about again. What you're talking about is something that I've wrestled with because as I've come more to a place in my faith journey of believing that I don't really believe in a physical hell anymore. If I don't believe in a physical hell anymore, then that means that the bad people that there are in our history and there are many, many, many bad, awful people, they're, if I don't believe in hell, it's not just they're not there. Right. If there is no hell, there's no hell for anybody. Right. So then how, how, how does that work? You know? And so. So either they're dead forever. Yeah. And there is no afterlife. Yeah. For them yeah. or for any of us. I don't know. Or maybe they were in hell on earth. Right. Maybe they, I mean, I, I don't know. Right. And and I would never, ever be one to say that I did. And I'm fine with the fact that I don't know. I don't need to know. I don't have to have those answers. I don't have to be self-righteous and and say that I believe. Because at the end of the day, none of us know. That's right. <laughs> you know. That's right. Because there's a, there's a story in the Bible that said, you know, that talks about some man who, who goes into some fiery something and then says, please let me just go back for just a minute and tell people that this is, you know, not what good. I've experienced yeah. is that yeah. this is not a good place. But we have no idea Mm-mm. what, where that story kind of came from, what its origins are or any of that. And that's like the one kind of big thing that people use to say, see, there is a hell. Right, right. It, it, I mean, it's, that's another topic, you know, because yeah. that's a hard one. That's just, a, it's a really, really hard, hard topic to know. You know, I, I've never had an abortion, but I lost a child. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know that we... We did, I think we did talk a did little we, bit about that. Did we talk I about that? We talked on a, a little bit about long it. Time ago, long on a, time ago on a podcast. Um, and I remember... You know, I wanted the baby. Yeah. And it's not that even a person who has an abortion doesn't necessarily want a child. But, you know, 
if you're in a circumstance, I mean, I am no, there is just no part of me that wants to judge anybody's circumstance or mindset of why they would make that decision. I was 34. I had two kids already. I got, and I was pregnant with my third kid. And I was child. You and your husband had it. I was thrilled. Yeah. Yeah. I was thrilled. And so when I learned that the child I was carrying had died Mm-hmm. In, in utero. In utero. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was devastated. I was absolutely devastated. And um, at the time, the it's a long story that I won't go into the whole details, but basically in a nutshell, the hospital could not take the baby out of me. They didn't have a doctor on site that could do that. And I didn't want to wait three days for a doctor that could, knowing that my child in me was not alive and I had to pay out of pocket to find a private physician to do basically give me an abortion. An abortion. Yeah. I mean, basically yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. And, um, but because it was quote unquote an abortion, mm-hmm. even though I wanted the child and the child had died mm-hmm. by law. I couldn't get her remains back. Those remains had to go to some place in Southern California and was going to be counted as an abortion right. because it technically was. Right. right. It was the weirdest, surreal thing that they and 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 the other thing is that. Both of the doctors where I was at didn't refer to it as a baby. Mm. They referred to it as the tissue, Mm. which I thought was interesting at the time. Mm -hmm. And I even spoke up about it. I'm like, it's my baby in there. It's not, I mean, technically it is tissue, you know, but, but. But for you, it was your baby. It wasn't. It was was your daughter. And and for you. I had to fight to get her remains back so that I could have what I felt was like a proper burial thing. Mm-hmm. And and they wanted me actually where, where they were going to send me because they didn't have a doctor on site. And that's why I ended up having to pay a couple thousand dollars to find another person because they wanted to send me downtown to, to the place where they do abortions. Mm-hmm. To, to go in there to to take her out. Mm. And it was just this strange thing. It was just, it was surreal and strange. And at the end of the day, I actually was able to change the policy of that hospital. In fact, I just came across that letter in the last mm. month. I was going through my files, cleaning out a drawer, and I found the file her name was Kendall we named her Kendall and found the file and I found the letter from the hospital administrator that said you know what we'll make sure that that doesn't happen again to another woman because it's just interesting how it's viewed right you know because for for people who aren't religious and who have no like religious kind of attachment to it it's tissue it's it's right. just kind of like if you broke your leg, right, right, right. You right. know, um, you have a tumor and yeah. it's taken out. Yeah, or I mean, yeah. But I remember thinking, 
like I, I'll, I'm going to say that I'm pro-life too. Mm-hmm. Like you, you right. had, and right. we're, we're going to talk about what your kids. Yes. Yeah, we are. And this kind of leads into it, but I, I don't know, and and I don't want to know. I'm, well, I can't know now because I could never get pregnant <laughs> because I'm too damn old. <laughs> so, the shop doors have been the, closed. They have been <laughs> shut. <laughs> but. But I remember, like, thinking, let's say, God forbid, I had been raped or I just got pregnant and I had no money or whatever the reason. There's no way there. I can think I would know what I would do or not do. But I don't know unless I'm in those shoes. And that, to me, is where the issue lies. The people who are making the laws, there is no way... Even a woman, even a woman making a law that seems to be in line with her beliefs and 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 women's and yeah, but you still don't know what you would do unless you find yourself actually pregnant and having to really make that choice. Right. I used to always say, well, if I got raped or if I knew that, that something was wrong with a baby, you know, I I would either if if. If I got raped, I, I wouldn't have an abortion. I would keep the baby. And if something was wrong with the baby, I would keep the baby. And let nature and take just, its course. You know, but mm-hmm. I don't really know. Right. Because. You never had to face I that. I never had to face that, thank yeah. God. Yeah. You know. Right. I have a very, very dear friend who um, was going to have a second child Um they had ended up having to get a donor because there had been a vasectomy and mm-hmm. and right. so they couldn't do that. So they got a donor and they were going to have a second child. And they found out kind of when you do through amniocentesis that there was a huge, huge issue with that baby. Mm-hmm. And they had to make the brutal decision mm-hmm. to... to to get get abort, abort the baby to abort, abort. the baby yeah. and um you know it's just it's such a complex complicated thing that is so individual and and personal to each situation yeah. there's just no way to put a blanket judgment on it right you know and so you were starting to tell what happened with your children and the conversations that you guys yeah, had so, surrounding it, which are kind of hard to hear. Yeah. So in the beginning, I mean, when they were young, I told them about my abortion because I wanted them to understand why I didn't want that for them. Yeah. You know, I I, I knew that I had suffered grief. I knew that I had suffered guilt. Yeah. I also knew that it wasn't true for all women, but I just didn't want them to have any of that you know when your kids are young you, you want to protect them you from do everything you totally do and that's what i wanted to protect them from and so i i shared that with them now what i didn't know was at the church that we were attending they were being taught that women who had abortions were murderers 
and that there is no, no reason for a woman to get an abortion ever under any circumstance. I was so incredibly naive. I literally believed that my children were going to Sunday school learning to love God and love people. I did not know that they were being taught that about abortion, about homosexuality. I had no idea that they were being taught all right. of that. Right. Well, and how, I'm so angry. How would you even know? <sighs> right. And so there has been a lot of conflated beliefs in, in their memories. And, and so we had a conversation the other day about what it means to be pro-life. And every once in a while, I will say something on social media or something, and I will put hashtag pro-life. And I am either the biggest idiot or the biggest um, uh, naive person on the Idealistic planet. Idealistic girl. You know, yeah. little girl. Because when I say pro-life, I don't mean anti-abortion. And I don't either. I actually mean pro-human. Yeah. yeah. Pro-human. And so one of my children said, you are not... You don't have the authority and you're not important enough to change the meaning of the term pro-life. Pro-life means anti-choice, anti-abortion, period, end of story. Right. And there is no other meaning for that. Now, how, uh, first of all, I, I do feel a little bit naive and a little bit stupid that I am using a term that is seen by an entire generation of people as being uh, really super negative, super negative <clears throat> yeah. and super critical of yeah. other women yeah. because that's not what I believe and that's not how I feel. Right. But I'm also angry that at the church and at the Christian community at large, that they can take a term like pro-life and turn it into something so hateful. Yeah. Yeah. Enough is damn it enough. I know. I know. And I'm so, so, so angry. Because if you are pro-life and you vote against social programs that put children in preschool or that help single women uh, find daycare or that you don't care about special education right. and make sure that people like me who work with special ed kids have a fair salary. Right. You know, as opposed to being paid practically minimum wage. Right. To care for your special needs child. If you're not going to vote for those kinds of reforms, then how can you call yourself pro-life? Well, it's like also the same argument can be made about, and, and I'm, people do this all the time, just about capital punishment. It's like, oh, I'm pro-life, but... You know, but if you gas them, gas exactly. Em. You know, well, nah, maybe not. You know, and you and can't. not to certainly not to get off on a tangent because this is something that I'm not prepared to talk about today. But maybe someday down the road we could actually talk a little bit more about this, and that is about um, registered sex offenders. So somebody put online the other day that there are 800,000 registered sex offenders in the United States, mm -hmm. and I pointed out, well, you know, our laws. Um, put people, make people registered sex offenders if they pee in public or have consensual sex with somebody who's under 18. Right. And who 
who decided that 18 was the the arbitrary number to decide that you're an adult and from then on you right. can just be well thrown under the bus for uh, the rest of your life because honestly our brains aren't even fully developed till we're in our early to mid 20s, 20s. And, and for people with things like ADD or other learning disabilities then that could even be later and so i just simply said well you know some of these people have you know had consensual sex with an underage girlfriend or they've um, you know peed in public and so somebody said still a fact well, what is your point okay well never mind we're not going to have a conversation yeah, yeah. and then another person said uh, this is my opinion. I think all of those people, their victims, families should kill them. End of story. <gasps> this is a Christian pro-life person who would also hold up the picket signs and probably support what is happening in Texas. You know, hold up the picket signs outside of an abortion clinic. Right. <clears throat> that say life begins at conception. So I know what this person believes as far as abortion goes. Right. And yet we're going to say wow. that there is no <laughs> reconciliation. There is no path to restoration for somebody who our very archaic laws has decided to throw into the bus forever. Right. And when you consider that as a Christian, you believe that a man who's around 30 named Joseph married a 14-year-old virgin named Mary and became the father to Jesus and then created other children with her mm -hmm. probably before she was 18. Yeah. That's okay. Of course it is. Because the Holy Spirit has, you know, has, has, has come upon her. <laughs> right. And so Joseph wasn't a sex offender. Joseph was the godly, m m fa earthly father to right. Jesus. Right. And, and so, and then I look back at my, my beautiful great aunt and uncle who I adored. And he was 25, 26, 27, something like that, when he married his 16-year-old bride who I also adored. Right. Again, this was very common yeah. well, and very normal it was just a few years my, ago. My father and mother got married when they were, my mom was 16 or 17, and my dad was a few years older than her. Right. And this was in the 60s. Right. So, you know. And I'm not saying that 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 little babies and little children who are abused by people. I'm not saying any of that. No, Please that, don't that's conflate what I'm saying here. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that we have these very arbitrary laws mm -hmm. that are that then people get very, very, very uh, connected to and tied in. Okay. And and then they make these wild judgments on people. And, you know, in the same conversation the other day with my children, you know, there was conversations about homosexuality and about how AIDS was God's punishment. Right. And again, I'm like, I never said that because I was deeply involved in theater. I, I had lots of gay men in my life who then and now, lesbian women in my life then and now, who I love, respect, admire, right. have learned from. 
And I don't believe right. that AIDS was a punishment from God. I don't even believe that. So why would I have told my children that? Except that that's what they were being taught in church. And because we took them to church, right. they it, assumed... It all, that message all got kind of... All got wrapped up into mm-hmm. their parents yeah. who take them to church. Right. And I am so angry that the evangelical Christian church took my little children who were flawed and beautiful mm-hmm. and innocent and um, difficult <laughs> and perfect. Right. And all of those things all wrapped up into three little bundles. And they took those kids and they put in their heads and hearts things that weren't true, things that now have come back to haunt me. Right, right. And I am mad. I am hurt. I am disappointed. I wish I could go back and take it all back. When, I wish I could go back and raise them a different way. I know. I, I have often said that, too. When when Do your kids hear you now, or do they not believe you? Like, if you say, I am so sorry that you you mixed up my words with the things that you were being taught. That's not who I am. It's not who I was. I I mean, have you had those? Yes, I've, I, we've had those conversations, and I think that what they, well, I know that what they say now is, well, I'm so glad that you've uh, matured and grown and come to a different place, <laughs> and I'm so glad that you think differently now, mm-hmm. as opposed to believing that, wait, you're not, you're not remembering right. who I was then, and I don't want to be now. Have I, ha- have I changed in a lot of areas? I was a registered Republican until 20. 20- 17, no, 20, well, 2016, 2017, yeah. when I said, can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> can't do this anymore. Now, my entire family are still registered Republicans. Do I love them? Do I respect them? Yes, absolutely. Right. And I'm not out to say, well, you are blah, blah, blah. I don't throw them under the bus in that, in this big right. umbrella kind of sure. way. Sure. And I don't do that to any of my friends or people that I love who are, or people that I don't even know. If I don't know you and I know that you're a registered Republican, I'm not going to make some big blanket well, belief about you. Right. And I and I do say, and I'll say this, is that you. I think, you know, identifying with the Republican Party the way it is today isn't necessarily what people who consider themselves conservative, right. you know, they don't identify. A lot of conservatives that I know feel like their their party, their law, their, they've, they've been left. Well, what's happened to their party, yeah, you know, to but her, they would still. my people. Yeah, they would still people. say that they're a conservative, but they don't identify with a lot of the stuff that's going on. And so I, I feel bad for some of those people, right. you know, that right. kind of feel lost in their party because it's, it's not. It's not the same. Well, it's and changed. it's not, you know, and, and as you grow and change as a human and you and you make you, you make you make changes in what you believe and in, in where you want to hang out and how you want to invest your time. Mm-hmm. All of that happens naturally if you're continuing to mm-hmm. grow and mature right. as, as a person. Right. And so who you were. I, uh, you know, I saw something not too long ago, and I think I might have even put it up on on the Dancing with Skeletons Facebook pages. Uh, don't, um, you know, be sure and forgive yourself for who you used to be. Yeah. You know, I forgive like yourself for who you used to be. Well, what would you say 
if if somebody were listening, what would you say to somebody who who had had a who had an abortion and say they're still struggling with it or maybe even somebody who finds himself pregnant and is yeah. considering that as an option. Yeah. I mean, because honestly, there are a lot of people who find themselves in that position and that seems like the best option and right. and maybe is for that yeah. person. It might be, you it know. Might be. Um, I would just say, you know what, I, just make sure that you talk to somebody that you trust, yeah. whether it's a parent or a sibling or a friend, mm-hmm. your doctor, just talk to somebody that you trust. Make sure you, you, you know all of your options. If you still feel that this is right for you, by all means, please do it. Please do it safely. Yeah. Please do it, you know, in, under the care of a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, stay out of Texas. <laughs> yeah. You know, don't just, go there. Just stay out of Texas. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that, that Governor Abbott said was, well, you know, rape isn't even going to be a problem here because we're just going to get rid of all the rapists. I heard him you say know, it we're too. Just, yeah, we're just going to get rid of all the rapists in Texas and that's I'm, not going to be I'm a problem. I'm just wondering how he's going to do that. Well, when we know that so many of the rapes, the vast majority of rapes come in the home, come from people that you know, whether you're out on a date yep. with somebody you barely know yep. or somebody that you may be have even gone you know on a date with with. date with i've known women whose husbands have been abusive and have raped them and they don't call it rape because they're married right but i i have known these women who have suffered so much trauma and let me go back to that man that i listened to And he talked me into an abortion because of our future ministry. Mm -hmm. He ended up being a cocaine addict who I married after only six weeks. I've talked about it before. Had a child with him. But he physically, mentally, and emotionally abused me. And honestly, when I look back, him talking me into that abortion was the very first emotional abuse that he inflicted on me. Right. And you probably just didn't recognize it because you were thinking more about your future and your ministry and all of those. And how cute he was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I was completely, completely wrapped up in what he said and and believed him. And his manipulation of me was entirely abusive. Yeah. You know, sorry, Liz. well, and I again, it's I have to... mourned the loss, mm-hmm. the loss, because for me it was a loss. But I recognize that for many, many, many women who have gotten an abortion, it's not. It was the best choice right. that they made right. at the time. That's right. And they don't need to spend any time feeling guilty. And I implore you, just because I have expressed my grief. That I do not right. put that on anybody else. I do not. Th- if you don't feel grief, if you don't feel guilt, I say, you're good l- for you. You're lucky. <laughs> you're lucky. And, I, and you made the right choice. Yeah, and, and perhaps women who aren't involved in a faith community 
might might just be able to escape some of that. Yes. You know? And those people in a faith community who put guilt on women, you are not living according to the scriptures. Period. End nope. of story. That's right. God says that we are forgiven and and everything that we have been forgiven for has been thrown as far as the east is from the west. It is buried. And there has even been a push, if you will, that I have seen on social media from people who, because there's no, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you can be charged with murder 50 years, 100 oh, years down the road. Oh, no there's statute no statute of, of limitations mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, to, uh, to murder. So there have literally been people who have been fighting for um, people who have had abortions to be... Um, uh, charged with murder after like, like yeah, down the road. Wow. So if I was in Texas right now, who knows? And somebody knew, and that- somebody listens to this podcast, they might go ahead and charge it. And so I am telling you, women, if you've had an abortion, you are, you are, you are perfect and wonderful just the way you are. That's right. I am grateful that you had the proper health care to do what you felt was needed for mm-hmm. your body. And when I see people on the corner of Clovis Avenue and Shaw with signs, because they don't <laughs> want to wear masks, and they're saying, my body, my choice. Right. But they don't want people like me to say, my body, my choice. Right, right. I will not abide that hypocrisy. No. And so I'm just asking, I'm, I'm telling you, women, you are beautiful, you are perfect, you are loved. Well, and, and thank you to the women who led the, the fight in this country to support a woman having the right to do with her body what she feels. I mean, there are a lot of women who led, who led this and right. who, who are still out. I'll say in the trenches fighting to keep women safe, safe, to keep women safe. And we're thankful to those women today who have helped and men. There are men men too too. who have, who have led that, you know, nobody has the right to tell you what to do with your body and nobody has the right to tell you what you can and cannot do in the bedroom. Period. End of discussion. Amen. 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 Little church for y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for letting me share my story. Yeah. I just I I, I I did not know that about you until today. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you for letting me share. I just I I have found myself so angry with the church yeah. and with the trust that I put in them because they have shamed me. Yeah. And F that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think I think you and I both are in a place of being able to look at some of this stuff and be able to kind of I, I, I see it like walking through a cloud and we're going to get through that to this other clear place of, you know what, all that's I'm in a new chapter. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to carry around the guilt. I'm, I'm going to let some of this stuff go and and seek out a new path for myself, a new spiritual path that's more free, more open, more accepting, more understanding, more tolerant, more all, all, all of those things that are really what 
God and love is about. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we want that for all of you. But And if you want to share your story, mm-hmm. you know, reach mm-hmm. out to us at we dance with skeletons at gmail.com or dancingwithskeletons.net. Mm-hmm. So the G, the email is we dance with skeletons at gmail.com. The website is dancingwithskeletons.net. Yeah. Um, reach out to us, talk to us. Know that you are loved and you are perfect and you yeah. are beautiful exactly the way you are. Yay, yay, yay. All right. We'll see you next time. Love you, Deb. Love you, Liz.